Today on The Ticker Tapes, we hear from Maya, whose life was changed forever when she discovered that she had a heart condition at the age of just 18. I was thinking, well, this stuff doesn't happen to 18-year-olds, which is probably partly the reason why I didn't go to my GP sooner. I just thought, you know what, it is what it is. At the time, I was in sixth form, I was young, I was, you know, living my life as an 18-year-old, as you do. So, yeah, I just didn't think it would happen to me. From the British Heart Foundation, I'm Molly Tresiden. On the ticker tapes, we hear from people living with heart and circulatory conditions. On this episode, Maya talks to me about life as a teenager with a heart condition and how she has managed to stay positive in the face of her diagnosis. Maya, could you start by just telling me a bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm Maya, um, I'm 23, uh, and I've got a condition called arrhythmogenic right ventricular cardiomyopathy, or ARVC for short. And, you know, 23 is very young to be living with a heart condition. Could you tell me about when you first started to realise that there was something going on with your heart? Yeah, so it was when I was about 18, I was in sixth form at the time and I remember saying to like my family and friends that I had been experiencing like a fast heart rhythm and I was getting dizzy and sometimes eventually as it got a bit worse I was experiencing almost like fainting episodes where like my whole vision would go black. I went to the GP eventually Admittedly, I probably should have gone sooner. Um, and hindsight's the wonderful thing. But um, yeah, I went to the GP and they took my heart rate. So they used like a monitor that kind of beeps out loud. And they were like, wow, that is a really fast heartbeat. Um, so they arranged for me to go to the hospital. This was on a Friday, I went to my GP. Um, and then on the Monday, they'd arranged for me to go to um, the hospital, the Bristol Heart Institute. But sadly, over that weekend, it got it got much worse. And I was rushed into hospital um, with a heartbeat of 220 beats per minute, where eventually they diagnosed me after quite a long hospital stay. And like when this was happening, what was kind of going through your mind? Like, did it occur to you that you might have a heart condition? Or what did you think was going on? I think at 18, you think you're invincible. You think yeah. that, you know, this couldn't possibly happen to me. You mm. know, there was no previous history of my family having anything wrong with their heart. I was thinking, well, you know, this stuff doesn't happen to 18-year-olds, um, which is probably partly the reason why I didn't go to my GP sooner, um, was that I just thought, you know what, it's, you know, it is what it is. You know, at the time I had, um, I was in sixth form, I was young, I was, you know, living my life as an 18-year-old, as you do. So, yeah, I just didn't think it would happen to me, um, which is a really silly outlook, obviously, to have because, you know, it does happen. Um, but, yeah, I did, just didn't expect it to happen to an otherwise kind of fit and healthy 18 year old. Mm. And, and so what happened when you did go into hospital? Uh, so I was rushed in as an emergency because they had to my mum my called an ambulance for me. And I, I'm really grateful, actually, that she she was actually out that day. I was by myself um, at home um, and I text her saying, you know, I'm having one of these episodes again. Um, and she, for some reason that day, decided to leave her friend early and come home. 
so I'm really lucky that she was there and she called the ambulance um and when I went in I think I stayed in hospital for I think it was 10 days so they were doing lots of tests like ultrasounds ECGs a few times my heart rate would go up and they would have to take me in um as an emergency to uh, defibrillate my heart uh, to shock it back into a, a regular rhythm eventually at the end of that stay they said this is what you've got uh, ARVC and I had an ICD um, implanted and yeah so it kind of it sounds like it sort of went from naught to 100 in that like you go into hospital yeah. not necessarily thinking there's anything that much wrong but then you come out being told that you've got a heart condition and having um, an ICD implanted. Yeah, no, definitely. It was it was a big shock. Um, as I said, like none of my family have had a heart condition, um, but it does turn out that my heart condition is inherited uh, from my mum. In a way, I'm really grateful that it happened that way because it meant that my mum was then able to get tested and we found out that she um, also has the same condition as me which you know has really helped because who knows how it would have kind of come up in my mum and then yeah so it was a big shock it did definitely feel like it went from zero to 100 really quick but yeah I mean I'm really grateful to be here I'm grateful you know because it was dangerously high my heart rhythm yeah. And do you remember like when they told you that you had ARVC and do you remember how they explained it to you? Yeah. So I just, it was all a bit of a blur because um, I think it was quite a stressful time and obviously not something which I had ever thought, like not a situation I'd ever thought I'd be in. But I remember them coming in, handing me a leaflet, which one of, well, a few leaflets, one of them was from the British Heart Foundation, just kind of explaining. I mean, I think when you're diagnosed with a heart condition, you can read all the leaflets and you can, you know, speak to all the professionals, but it it kind of takes a while to sink in. Um, mm. And I think I think a lot of us with heart conditions probably feel the same that you're kind of left thinking what does this mean like my life expectancy you know at the time I was 18 so I was like does this mean like am I going to be able to you know live a relatively normal life so yeah it's definitely it was a shock and I remember them explaining it to me and I mean I guess it is a very rare condition so I'm very well known (laughs) in um, the hospital near me just because they don't think they've seen a case like mine before. But they were very supportive and they offered me counselling with them, which was really good. I had lots of different people come in and talk to me and I know they're in the process of kind of setting up support groups, which is really great. Um, But definitely they pointed me in the right direction of different places to go, um, one of which was obviously the British Heart Foundation. Um, Yeah. And what was your understanding of it at the time? Like what um, in terms of like what the actual heart condition was? So I knew that it is in my right ventricle of my heart and I knew they kind of explained it to me that so my heart, I have kind of two problems, one of which is that when my heart beats fast when I get an arrhythmia, then I it produces blood clots in in the different chambers of my heart because kind of the blood's not pumping properly. It means that the blood just pools in the bottom of my heart. So at the time that I was diagnosed and they told me what I had, I found out that it also had blood clots. I think it was it had travelled to my lung at the time. So that was obviously worrying because you know 
you get told about blood clots and they're quite a serious thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's related to my heart condition, um, which I now take medication for to thin my blood. And then I kind of understood it that my heart, the electrical heartbeats are like the electrical kind of impulse kind of goes round and because my heart turns into into like fatty tissue it means that the the heartbeat kind of gets stuck and it will go through a different route which then causes my heart to go into an arrhythmia um, which then can be life-threatening obviously now I've got the ICD that's much better um, and much more controlled but at the time I had nothing um, to kind of protect me from these so they explained it in that way to me and is it is um your ICD is that one that's meant to kick in um in the event of an arrhythmia or a cardiac arrest or is it one that is it a pacemaker? Uh, so it's just an ICD for me. Um, so for yeah. me, my heart, um, although it has a few like dodgy heartbeats every now and again, it the main thing for me, the main way my condition shows is that it will go into a dangerously fast heart rhythm Mm -hmm. so I need something to shock me out of those arrhythmias when it happens thankfully I I mean I have been shocked before um when kind of in the early stages when we were kind of getting the right balance of medication and the settings on the device Mm. um but since then it has been fine um I've had another operation called an ablation but for me yeah it would just shock me when my heart beat goes I think it's above 220 they've set it at so Mm -hmm. um which is kind of what it would go to if I was in an arrhythmia for me anyway um so it's set at that it doesn't pace my heart and thankfully since uh kind of my last episode which was years and years ago it's my ICD's not had to do any work um Mm -hmm. so I've still got 12 years left (laughs) before I have to get it replaced which is really reassuring Mm -hmm. as a charity The British Heart Foundation depends on the generosity of donors to continue carrying out our life-saving research. Thank you to all of those who already give. It's truly appreciated. If you too would like to donate, you can do so by going to bhf.org.uk slash donate. And now back to the conversation. And thinking about your life kind of before and after you received your diagnosis how how did discovering that you had this condition change the way that you were living your life so it's not something like I've spoken about to many people I guess only those kind of close to me will know how difficult it was to go from being an 18 year old in sixth form you know I had a big friendship group at the time we would be going out you know all the normal stuff Mm. that 18 year olds do drinking you know going to parties very social to then kind of be hit with you know you have got to watch what you do and you've got to be quite careful it's kind of not just that as well it's not just the social side but it's I guess what I've said to other people the way I explain it is when you first get diagnosed with your heart condition you know everyone is like you know supportive and you feel that you know everyone kind of understands but gradually when you return to normal life and as time goes on a few months down the line you watch the world kind of go back to normal around you and you're left thinking I've got this for the rest of my life um Mm. which is really sad to think about and I look back at myself when I was 18 and I really do feel for myself because I was trying to kind of keep friends that necessarily weren't that understanding 
I mean, it's difficult. I, I do sympathize with them as well, because it is difficult to understand as an 18 year old as well mm-hmm. that, you know, your friend can't do all the things that they were doing before. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's been a journey. But, mm-hmm. you know, looking back, I think I've got a really supportive group of friends now around me. And yeah, they've been a really, really great help. I think definitely it it helps to kind of understand who your real friends are but also I think you know that's a blessing in disguise and having a heart condition I wouldn't change it for the world now it's taught me a lot Mm. and what does it mean in terms of like you know if you were to go to a party or go to a bar or something like can you still drink or do you just have to be like really careful about that how does that side of things work so I think I've got to be a little bit careful it's taken a while for me to kind of realize what I can and can't do and I'm sure it's different for everyone but for me I kind of cut out everything when I first found out that um, I had a heart condition. But gradually over time, I've got to know what I can and can't do. So I can I can drink normally. I mean, I choose to go out with people who are really understanding. So I will say, like, for example, if anything happens, this is what you've got to do. You've got mm-hmm. to tell the paramedics this and that. So it looks a bit different to how it did when I was 18. But you know, I can do pretty much all of the same stuff that I could do before and now. Um, it's just taken a little while to kind of work out a way that works for me. Mm. And what about things like um, exercise? Because do you have to be careful mm. not to um, kind of get your heart rate up too much? Yes. So I've got to be really careful with exercise, um, which, you know, is in some ways contradicting because you want to stay healthy Mm. Um, and on the other hand my condition does get worse with exercise so with exercise the way I understand it for my condition is obviously it gets your heart rate up which then causes your heart to be beating faster so therefore you're at risk of more arrhythmias so I recently started Couch to 5K and then got a very quick telling off from my cardiologist <laughs> um, when I told them. Um, so, yeah, so I am I can do things like walking. They suggested like fast walking, which, you know, I, is not quite how I pictured my Couch to 5K to go. But, <laughs> um, you know, I can still do exercise and, you know, any excuse <laughs> to, if they're telling me not to do exercise then you know I'm I'll, I'll listen to them um <laughs> but yeah definitely maybe starting couch to vocay wasn't the best idea mm. um but I can still do it yeah mm. yeah so it's kind of trying to work out those more gentle forms of exercise I guess yeah definitely yeah which is fine for me you know I wasn't I wasn't an avid gym goer before but I have been told I can't really do weightlifting not that I had any kind of intentions of doing heavy weightlifting but they've they've said definitely no weightlifting just because of the risk of um, the wires in the ICD okay yeah but you know there's nothing which I think is a real big change to what I was doing before Mm. and I can still do exercise you know it's not completely cutting out exercise it's just a more gentle approach Mm. Mm. and once you'd kind of got past the initial shock of the diagnosis of this and you'd started to kind of live your life again Mm -hmm. did the diagnosis change anything in terms of you know like did you have any plans for after sixth form that changed or or kind of did it make you think about the future in a different way? So I at the time was in my first job in retail when I found out that I had this condition 
so I wasn't sure whether I wanted to go to university after sixth form. I'd looked around a few. Neither of my parents went to university. And actually, looking back, I'm glad I didn't go to university because that would have meant I would have been dealing with a heart condition and kind of going into university, which I wasn't even sure I wanted to be in in the Mm -hmm. beginning. So I chose not to go in the end. At the time, so I was actually off sixth form when everybody was doing their exams, which meant that I got my predicted grades for two of my A-levels. And then one of them, sadly, I couldn't get it because I'd completed, I think it was 25% of it. And I needed 33.3%, which was, mm. you know, quite disappointing Yeah. at the time. So it means I've got two A-levels rather than three, but Yeah, so in the end, I went on to do an apprenticeship, which actually worked out really well for me. So in some ways, I'm grateful. It kind of set me on the right path being diagnosed, and I wouldn't wouldn't change where the route I took to get where I am now. Mm. And what was the apprenticeship in? What do you do? Uh, So I have done an apprenticeship in business administration, and I really, really enjoy it. It's something I'm definitely more interested in um I think if I went to university I wouldn't have known um kind of what I wanted to do so I'm glad that I went down this route it's more of a practical route and for me my work colleagues are really understanding of my heart condition so yeah I think it's worked out in a way better than Mm. if I had gone down the university route and is it something where like you know did did you feel like you needed to make people aware of it straight away when you were kind of starting in a in a new workplace so, yeah, so I, I I did let everyone know when I started and I think I actually let them know in the interview. Um, so before I'd even got the job, I told them about it. So I had let them know and then I started working in the company. Shortly after that, I had a shock from my ICD, which meant that then I had to be off work for a little while because I went back into hospital and had an operation called an ablation, where basically they just burn the fatty pathways that the electrical impulse is going through. Mm -hmm. So hopefully it then stops the arrhythmias. Um, It's not it potentially isn't like a a long-term forever fix but it helps you for the time being so I had that operation so they kind of everyone kind of had to be aware for aware of it when I was off but they're really supportive they're really good at allowing me time off for appointments but I did feel it was important to kind of let them know and Mm. uh, tell them about my heart condition just so they could understand me a bit more and kind of what I deal with Mm. in my personal life because obviously I'm at work every day so it's really important I think that they're aware of it yeah yeah and it's great they've been so accommodating yeah no they've been really good really good um and looking back on the last five years I guess what are the things that have really helped you along the way like kind of helped you navigate life with a heart condition so there's some really great groups out there I I did try going to some some are less helpful so I did some with the hospital but kind of when I went to them everyone was a lot older than me and um, Mm. they started talking about kind of end of life plans and I thought oh my goodness (laughs) Um, I'm nowhere near that so um, some things didn't work some things have worked so I had counselling for a while with the hospital uh, with the NHS which was helpful in kind of getting to know that my feelings were very valid and how I was feeling was normal for someone of my age with a heart condition Mm. so things like that have been really helpful I think 
as as I get older, as you know, I go longer between episodes, I think things get easier because I realise actually, you know, I may have a heart condition, but it doesn't limit me in any way. A lot of it has been kind of reflection and, you know, building up and working on myself and kind of the anxiety around having a heart condition and what that means and and don't get me wrong I still have days when I might be really sad and down about it but definitely having a support network my partner James is really really supportive and he's been with me since I was 18 so he's been there right from the beginning it helps also that my mum has the same condition so we're kind of on the same page with that and we we can relate to each other and whilst she would have never got diagnosed unless I went into hospital the support network and having family that really understand has definitely been what has helped me through Mm. and so has your mum still never had any symptoms so my mum began having symptoms it was kind of when I was being diagnosed but again she thought nothing of it so my symptoms are kind of more on a severe scale where mine my heart rate goes up to 220 beats per minute, which is ridiculously high. And you would know that something was obviously wrong with me. Mm. Whereas my mum was experiencing kind of the other end of the spectrum. So her heart rate would go really, really low while she was sleeping, which would make her feel unwell. She would also have, we both have ectopic beats where the heartbeat does like an extra little beat in between its beats. Mm-hmm. So she would, she would feel that. And she had been to the doctors and kind of nobody knew what was wrong because it is such a rare condition. Nobody had kind of, they were kind of in the process of looking into it, but it was something which they didn't really know. So when I was diagnosed, my mum and dad were both called into the hospital and were asked if they wanted to be tested for the particular gene that I had Mm. to see if either of them had it. I've been to a genetics clinic where they explained that obviously at birth you have a 50% chance of having this gene, but most people with the gene will show some type of symptoms. My mum was just really lucky that for her it hadn't shown until she was in her 50s, whereas for me it it had shown when I was 18. So Mm. yeah, so my mum chose to get an ICD installed like me just for protection in case anything did happen. So yeah, so I'm grateful that she kind of got the opportunity through me being diagnosed to get herself diagnosed. Mm. Uh, So now we both live happily with ICDs. (laughs) Yeah, so you can compare notes about them. Yes, yeah, Yeah, no, definitely. Um, And was there any kind of further investigation, um, like I don't know about your mum's parents or Mm. like was that looked into as well? Uh, so it's really interesting. So my, both I don't have any grandparents on my mum's side. Sadly, they both passed away. But I remember my mum telling me a story that her dad's mum had died at a very young age, um, had collapsed at a really young age um, and had passed away. And obviously, we're never going to find out now because my mum's parents aren't with us and we can't do any testing. But yeah it's interesting for all we know that could be the reason um but it's tricky to know kind of where this started and how far back it goes because I am the first one to be diagnosed out of all of my family Mm. so yeah it's really interesting we just know it definitely does come from my mum's side but where that starts we're not sure yeah it's interesting because it hasn't been that long but the kind of advances in being able to test for it mean that 
you know, you you were diagnosed when you were quite young. And if you ever decided to have children, then presumably they could be tested when they were very young for the condition as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I went to an appointment at a genetics clinic where we spoke about kind of what happens when uh, me and my partner decide to have children for us is quite a long way off and especially at the time I went to the genetics clinic yeah. at the age of like 19 it was definitely definitely um, a very long way off <laughs> um, but yeah they've, they've said that obviously between me and my partner there's a 50% chance then they can test for, they can actually test for the gene before they're even born so they can you know lots of science involved and I might not be explaining this to like the best of my ability (laughs) and definitely not you know anywhere near a scientist but um they can they can actually test for that before before the baby's born so they will know if the baby has that gene they have said that a lot of people choose not to find out Mm -hmm. um just because someone can live a normal life you know and you'd like to think you'd catch it if they had it. But I think for me, I'd, I'd want to find out. I'd want to know. But yeah, they can find out really, really early on, which I found really interesting. Mm. Um, so I've actually said at my next appointment, I'd like to go back to the genetics clinic and kind of ask more questions. Yeah, not for anything coming up soon, but definitely just to find out more about it. I find it really interesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and it means that then, you know, someone could start managing that condition from a really young age and kind of decrease the risk of anything serious happening, I suppose. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Um, And have you, I mean, you mentioned earlier about the support groups and things like that. Have you, did you end up meeting many other people with the same condition? It's really tricky, I think, to meet someone with exactly the same condition Mm. because it is rare and it is, um, I haven't come across anyone with um, ARVC yet, which there are people out there, I'm sure, but I've I've not come across anyone. There are things like One Beat, which I know um, the British Heart Foundation kind of run. Yeah, just here, there is a lot of people out there with young people out there with heart conditions, but it's just finding them um, because I guess a lot of people don't let people know if you've had it from a young age I imagine sometimes you don't it's not out there you know so these support groups are really useful yeah because I guess like you know if I met you on the street then I you know nobody would be able to tell that you had a heart condition from just meeting you (laughs) no I can't say I go up to people (laughs) yeah hi I have a heart condition no but it is really tricky it's I think there are Facebook groups you can join and there is one that I know of that is for young people with ICDs and pacemakers which I am a part of so it's just I guess it's how useful you find the support groups Mm. like for me I know I use them a lot in the early days now as I'm going like further between the arrhythmias and you know I'm kind of feeling more like a normal person and a normal member of society um I I need them less now but Mm -hmm. yeah I I kind of I sympathize and feel for anyone who is young and has just been diagnosed with a heart condition because I know how difficult it can be to find people of the same age um yeah definitely Mm -hmm. definitely a tricky one Yeah. So on that note, what advice might you give to somebody who is in a similar situation to you or a similar situation to where you were five years ago? Yeah, no, I think being an 18 year old, being in kind of like your prime (laughs) um, 
and then being diagnosed with a heart condition and as we were speaking about going from like zero to 100 really quick and then suddenly this is your life is really really tricky and I know at the time I found it really really difficult either with feeling like no one understood or feeling like I was the only one with this condition and the only one who kind of felt you know had to think about what they were doing it was really difficult so on reflection and looking back I'd kind of say it does get better you know as I've got older I've looked back at kind of the people who didn't understand and thought actually I would rather people in my life that understood and wanted to know more about my condition and took the time to you know make sure that I was okay and listen to me and yeah I think looking back I would definitely say it gets better and I think anyway when you're a teenager like everything seems like the end of the world let alone when you've got a heart condition so yeah definitely it 100% gets better as you get older and you realize that those that you have around you are kind of the best people yeah I think if you need help definitely seek it and don't kind of keep things to yourself being young and having this condition I definitely felt alone at times and like no one understood so if you if you think you need to speak to someone it doesn't even necessarily have to be someone you know like for me I obviously had counseling with the NHS um, and even talking to a stranger can be so much help Uh, so definitely don't be afraid to ask for help when you need it. That's lovely thank you so much Maya for sharing all of that with us. That's okay thank you. If you are 18 to 30 and living with a heart condition, the BHF's One Beat group is free to access and offers events and chances to meet up with other people. There's more information on the BHF website and a link in the episode notes. Remember, if you've got any questions about your heart or circulatory health, you can contact the BHF Heart Helpline. The details are also on our website. If you want to get in touch with us, we're on the ticker tapes at bhf.org.uk. Thank you for listening and join us next time on The Ticker Tapes.